starting a new series today uh, uh, called Psalms. And uh, I started with all of my favorites, like Psalm 1, Psalm 2, Psalm 23, Psalm 27. Those are like good ones, man. Psalm 91. Man, so good. Uh, but um, the Lord took me. This, this scripture came like super quick on Friday afternoon to Psalm 24. So this is kind of fresh off the press, and God is doing a lot of things in me and within our church. And uh, we want to kind of show you where our church is going. And I believe Psalm 24 is a big roadmap how to get there. Is that cool? This is going to be powerful, in my opinion. It was powerful in me. So here's full transparency. Would you all stand with me as we read God's Word? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. For he laid the earth's foundations on the seas and he built it on the ocean's depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord and who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their savior. For such people may seek you and worship in your holy presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates, open up, O ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help. Amen. Amen. You guys could have a seat. Welcome everyone who's at home. We believe that God is going to be with you today in a powerful way as well as he's speaking and stirring. Um, today, um, I believe that this is where the Lord has taken us. The book of Psalms is, uh, is broken up. Some of you may know, some of you may not know. It's broken up actually into five books. Um, and so um, it was mostly written as poems uh, by David and Moses are some of the main authors of, of, of the book of Psalms. Uh, but these writings were written um, and inspired by the power of the Holy Spirit um, and really why they were collected it's important as they're written, they're not written in chronological order. Uh, they were placed in there specifically into different sections to tell a specific story in, in these different books. Uh, but the purpose of it in the Old Testament was to uh, teach us how to pray. Um, it was, there, were, there were songs, there were, there, there were prayers. Uh, we understood who the Lord is and what he wanted from us, but a lot of people didn't know, how do I talk to God? How do I communicate? How do I relate? And, and so in the book of Psalms, there's a massive amount of hardship that you're going to see these writers communicate of the difficulties they're going through in their life. And so I love it because my life can be a roller coaster at times. And so I relate to, to, to David. I was challenged by uh, one of the board of directors that uh, oversees our church to read five psalms a day. Uh, Psalm 1, and then add 30, and then add 30, and then add 30, and then add 30. And I would just read these, and it was awesome to see the roller coaster of David's life. And I'd always find my life relating to one of them. Oh, God, have mercy on me, you know. My enemies want to kill me, you know, or my wife. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, so uh, anyways, so we're going to jump right into this, and I just want you to know as, as this 
as this kind of unfolded, what I recognize is the heart of David that's unfolding, who doesn't have a temple, yet his desire is that God would have a dwelling place. He wanted to be able to go to the house of God. And so he's collecting resources from all over the land to build God something great. He wants to experience God. And he knows of God's dwelling place. And what's so beautiful about this is David has, is a man after God's own heart. He is a warrior. He is, if you would, he is Brock Lesnar. That's the only man I can think of like David, who is a man that slayed many men. He was very intimidating, yet he was a man that would be willing to make himself undignified because he realized how much God deserved of his praise. And so you would find David dancing and celebrating and crying out to God. And he, he created the standard of what he knew all of God's people, the heart that he wanted God's people to know. So he would write these songs, these poems, and he would turn it into music and sing them over the people of Israel so they understood this is the heart of God. I'm not saying that because it's my idea. David was literally known as someone who had a heart after God. So I got to jump into this. I think this is going to be good. First point that I read as I go down from verse 1 all the way down to the end, the verse, verse, it says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all of its people belong to him. If I had one point that I would make out of this that I think you need to know, this is, there's, this is done in three sections. I have four points. The first point is this, you need to understand the power of praise. Uh, some of you, I, I've been your pastor for a while, I'm never going to stop saying this. Because this is so crucial to the body of Christ. What he's trying to say is, is, as David enters into this song to the Lord, the first thing he wants us to understand is the earth is the Lord's. Not the church, not my house, not my finances, not just my heart. The whole earth belongs to the Lord and all of the people. Even the ones that David didn't like, they're all his. This is a great way to start whatever problem you think you're about to enter into prayer with. And some of us really struggle with prayer. And David, this, this, this passage of what, what he's about to do is he's unlocking the power of praise. It is so important for us as we're wanting to learn how do I talk to God. You start with praise. God is bigger then your understanding of who he is. And is he saying, like, everything is God's? That's a good place to start right there. Let's take the, the lid off of my vision of who I think he is. And all of the people belong to him. C.S. Lewis wrote in, in, in Reflections on the Psalms, he writes that, that praise is the inner health made audible. I think this is just wonderful. Inner health made audible. You know why I think that this is such an important thing? Because people that struggle uh, with insecurity have a hard time complimenting someone else that's greater than them. And so health is the ability to say, you're great at that. You're, you're awesome at that. And one of the reasons why it's hard for some people to pray, even out loud, is because they first have to admit that I don't have it. He does. 
And so the ability to praise is going to unlock so many things for you in your relationship with God because it's the ability to communicate what God is doing on the inside. I'm recognizing that he's bigger, stronger, wiser, smarter, more capable, more financially stable. He's got it together. The whole earth is his. And my family, my friends, my church, my coworkers, they're all yours, Lord. What a great way to start this thing. And, and, and I want you to understand that the ability to praise the Lord out loud changes things. Because if you see what happens is for those of us that can't praise audibly, it's, it's because of shame. It's because of insecurities. It's because of pride. It's, it's because of a lack of knowledge. When we understand who he is and what he's done for us, how can we not let it overflow? I mean, I have breath in my lungs today because God allowed me to wake up. It's a good day. I, I, I have another shot at getting right. I have another shot to live. I have another shot to make a difference. There's something to, I have to keep going. Praise. It comes out. And the second thing he says here is that he laid the earth's foundations on the seas in verse 2, and then he built it on the ocean's depths. And what I love about this, this is still an unlocking praise, he's, he's recognizing God's creative ability. Why that's important is because many of us will start prayer frustrated, complicated, and overwhelmed. But recognizing God's creative ability oversees what your sight, it oversees your reach. It recognizes that God created the world out of, he, how did he make land out of water? He said it. And when I think of God's ability, what he's done and what he's done again and again and again, he stood before Lazarus's tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. That's the God that I'm talking to right now. He's the God that allowed Moses to plant that stick in front of the water and, and, the, and the seas parted. That's the God that I'm entering into relationship with today. I am recognizing that what I'm up against is someone who loves me, who's on my side, who has healed me, and can do anything. Even when what I can see is not possible. He's powerful. He's powerful. He's powerful. And anything less than that, anything less of that sight is not God. That's, mm. Cool. Point number two. And this to me is where it starts getting good. The power of his presence is the second point that I have to you. The first point was the power of praise. The second point that I think you need to know is the power of his presence. Wow. I get goosebumps thinking about this. I think worship was, was wonderful today. I mean, it, I mean, like, I knew it was going to be good because of the way that like, God was, like, showing me the service was going to go today. But, man, it was powerful. I mean, the Holy Spirit was here today. And... Uh, what you need to understand for all of you is that there's so much more than where we are. 
it's, it, I, 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 this is not part of my sermon, but I heard a, a man tell me, and I'll, I'll probably say this over the next couple weeks again and again and again, I'll tell this story, and, and it's okay. There was a guy that was standing along the ocean, and he had his kid with him. He's a good friend of mine. His name is Greg, and he really wanted to go out in the ocean, but he had his two-year-old son with him, and he knew he couldn't go out. And so the Lord said, you can be fully in that water. It's all about your posture. So he got into the water, and he came up to his ankles, and the Lord said, you can have more right where you are. And he got down on his knees and the water overcame his knees. And he, he sat down and the, and the water came over his waist. And it was all about his posture that determined how far he was going to go in the presence of God. And I want you to know today, it's about your posture. You, there is so much more than what we're experiencing of who God is. Let me show you in scripture. Let me take you to the verse there, verse three. And it says this, who can climb the mountain of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? First of all, that gives me chills. I want you to know that regardless of whatever your background is, uh, doctrinally or whatever, there's going to be a moment where we enter into God's presence. And regardless of what your theology is, the scripture makes it really clear every knee in that moment is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess, wow, this is a powerful moment. I don't even believe in Jesus. That moment you do, because uh, you're going to recognize you're in the power of something much bigger, mightier, stronger, whose wave, the scripture says, is like many waters. His voice is like many waters. That's terrifying to me. The power of his presence. I have to keep going. I'm thinking about the power of his presence. Like when Jesus fully comes out and tells people who he is. Let me take you really quick uh, to John chapter 18, verse 4 through 8. And Jesus finally realized all who was, what was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? As they came to arrest him, he asked. Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Jesus, Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. And as Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground at once. Just want you to know, the power of God that we understand is only in a little bit of a measure right now. Jesus is awesome. I'm talking about the guy that holds the seas back, the one that tells the disciples, you can come forward and walk on that water. The same God who stops, stands on the front of the boat and looks at the ocean and says, be still. Our understanding of his power, of his presence is not like, and, I, and as I think about the power of his presence, I, I think about like Exodus chapter three, as Moses climbed the mountain and the burning bush and he begins to get closer to God and the voice speaks from the bush and he says, take off your sandals, Jack. You ain't never been in a place like this before. Yeah. Man, I want you to understand there's so much more than when he's talking about who, who, can, who can stand in the holy place. <sighs> Moses in chapter Exodus 33, he's having this conversation about how he wants to see God. And God's like, you, you, man, son, you, you, can't, you can't take me. You couldn't handle it. 
And I want you to know the desire of our church is not to enjoy. I love Sunday mornings. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love coming here. I love being with the saints. I know that God's going to move. I know people are getting healed. I know that. But I want, you know what I want more than all of you? I want to be in the place where God's at. I mean, this is my heart. I want to be in a place. You know what the scripture says? That the mountains, they melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. You know what happens when I get in God's presence? My heart melts. Turns like butter. I can be a jerk sometimes, but when I get in God's presence, I realize, God, and he just starts changing me, and he just starts softening me, and I just start becoming like a good dude. And then I get outside of God's presence, and I get like me again. And I got to, you know, like, he's changing me. And right here on Sundays, we pray, our intercessors pray every week that when you come in here, God starts talking to you about you. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Who can stand in God's presence? Let me just tell you, beloved, you can't stand in God's presence, but he can. It's all about him. He's the one that changes us. He's the only one who can. He's the only one that's righteous. He's the only one who's good. He's the, we, we need him far more than we recognize. And the reality is, is that Hebrews tell us that it's, it's by his blood that we, have act, that we can walk boldly into the throne room of grace. So like there's this weird balance of like, holy moly, I'm in the presence of something awesome. I'm terrified. But you're my father because of Jesus. I'm adopted by you and I can, I can walk right in. And you got to know there's a balance in that. A little too much confidence is, is dumb. Maybe stupid. A little less insecurity kind of denies who he's made you. And so some of us have to raise up that confidence and some of us maybe needs to lower ourselves a, a lot. Does this make sense? I have to keep going. I have a lot more to say. I think of the high priest and how only they could enter into the Holy of Holies, but he's called us, you know? I'm just gonna plug this, this series that we're doing here in a couple weeks the, the, our, our, our staff has been talking about what, where we see our church going and we've been talking about how hungry some of us are getting for God right now and, and, and uh, we're, we're starting this thing this connect groups ended last week and so we're taking a week off but next Wednesday we're going to have a worship night we're hoping that about 70, maybe 100, maybe 300 people pack this house and I just want to set the expectation it's not going to be a night of worship it's going to be a night of worship yeah. so if you come expecting them to sing to you um, just stay at home and play Spotify. What they want is for you to sing with them. We want to go up together. Um, and then we're going to have some, some, some weeks uh, talking and dreaming again about the things that we believe that God can do. And, and let, that, let those moments that we, you know, I heard God can do some great things. And I've I seen God do some things. I was on a mission trip once and I saw God do this. I was, I was in this church once and I saw, I was in my family one time and I, I don't want to go back to what God, where God was. I want to go to where God's going. And I think we just got to be bold enough to say, I'm, I'm going. I am hungry for God. I'm going, I'm going after it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Who can ascend to the hill of the Lord? Well, this is what the scripture says. He says, only those whose hands and hearts are pure. I love this. I want to make sure you know that you can't cleanse yourself. Um, I think sometimes uh, in the body of Christ, we, um, we forget how important it is to repent of everything. We have a relationship with a holy God, not... Many of us think that Jesus lowered himself to become like man, and while he did, he, he didn't become a sinner. He was always completely different than us. And in fact, he, he ascended, and, and it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can even have relationship with the Father through Jesus. Clean hands and a pure heart are, are imperative. So this whole chapter hinges on this statement. And I'm short on time, so I, I've got I've to say this. As, as clean hands and a pure heart is everything. Da, the, the, the Old Testament, David was, was trying, saw Samuel was talking about David and how man looks at things on the outward. They look at your gifts, they look at your talent, they look at your beauty, but, but God is looking at your heart. All of the kingdom of heaven is based on your heart. Jesus said, like, who, who committed adultery? The guy who, who looked at someone in your heart, it was already wrong. We have to get back to like my heart wants things that are good or, and, and, and I'm going to get rid of the things in my heart that does not good. Like when I'm selfish, I'm going to confess that. Pure hearts. Who can stand in God's presence? Only him whose heart is pure, whose motives are pure. Beloved, I, I, I had a word for today. And, and when, as I was praying, I was realizing that there's many of us that came to church today and were in the presence of God, but many of us did not enter into the presence of God. And I, you got to understand, Jesus talks about the secret place. Like in the Old Testament, they, they said, we, we enter the, 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 the gates with thanksgiving and the courts with praise, but it was about the tabernacle. It was about going further and further and further and further with God. Some of us have relationships that are just surface, but what we want is for our hearts. We want intimacy in all of the relationships. We want real church, real friendships, real relationships, real marriages, not just like agreements. Hey, we want a real relationship with God whose hearts are pure. The Lord is coming after your heart. Do you want him? Do you really? Or how much of it is just like emotions? And then I think about how and so we want to confess our sins to God that we've done before him. And, and here's the other thing that the Lord has done in my life over the years is that he's, he's been quick to remind me over and over and over again. I want to share this with you. This is a deep secret of God, I believe, that's allowed me to spiritually grow so fast. Is It's about your hands and it's, it's about your heart and your hands. And so I believe God is looking at your, at your heart and everyone else is looking at your hands. And so what, I, what, I, what I, I mean by that is it's important that when you sin against God, you confess. But we also sin against people. And it's imperative that if you want to get to a deep place, I think all of us are here because we want to grow closer to Jesus. But if you want a deep relationship with God, you've got to make your relationship with people Recognize that God cares just as much about the way you're treating them as much as he cares about how much you're treating him. Yeah. You don't believe me? 
He says that if you don't forgive your brother, I'm not going to forgive you. That's, I don't like that verse. Me neither. But it's not your gospel. You know what I mean? Like, and so he, this is the way it comes out. Let me show you a couple of things here. I got to go quickly. Repenting is important. And if I sin against God, I repent. But if I sin against people, I repent. Listen to this. So this is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that somebody else has something against you, it ain't even your fault. I don't care. Someone else thinks you're a jerk. Leave the altar. Leave the presence of God. Go to that person. This is not my words. This is Jesus, the guy who died on the cross for you, who's paying the penalty for your sin. Love your worship. If you ain't right with people, we got to get right. And this is the same God who, when you were wrong, he took your punishment. And all he's saying is that they're mad at you. Leave the sacrifice on the altar and go be reconciled with that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Let me show you another verse here. Matthew 18, 15 through 17, Jesus is talking and he says, if another believer sins against you, this time they sin against you. You sinned against them last time. This time Jesus is saying they sinned against you. This is what I want you to do, church. Go privately and point out that offense. You did wrong to me. If the other person listens and confesses it, then you've won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two people with you and go back so that everything must you say would be confirmed by other people and witnesses. And if that person still refuses to listen, then take your case to the church. And then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or as a corrupt tax collector. What he's not saying is if someone did me wrong, I go and talk to other people about it. No, no, no. You got to hear this. We don't gossip. We don't slander. Bill, if you hurt my feelings, I'm coming to you. Is that okay? I'm not going, I'm not going to Deb, right? I'm going to Bill. And if we can't work this thing out, this is why we have counselors, marriage counselors. Listen, sometimes when two people are fighting, they don't understand what each other's saying. That's why you hire a marriage counselor. It's okay. You get someone in the middle to say, you're not hearing what they're saying right now. And we work it out. And if we can't work it out, then we go our separate ways. But we do everything we can because I want to be in God's presence. And he's saying, who can ascend to the hill? Only he who has clean hearts and pure hands. And then they who have clean hands and pure hearts can enter into God's holy place. They can ascend the hill. You can go as deep as you want because you care about the motives of your heart before God and you care about your motives of your heart before people. And then this is what God promises you. Listen, I'm going to try to go fast. They will receive the Lord's blessing. I don't need your blessing as much as I I would really love God's blessing. I'm away. Hold on. You have to keep going. And, and, and they will have a right relationship with their God and Savior because he cleansed me 
And then because he's cleansing me and telling me what I'm doing wrong, I'm going to other people. And now I'm in right relationship with him because I'm working my life out. Such people may seek you and worship you in your presence, O God of Jacob. You know what's really neat about this passage right here? Uh, Verse 6, he refers to the God of Jacob and blessing. What you need to understand about this is super cool for me. It's really cool for me because Jacob was a jerk. And Jacob was jacked up. And Jacob was a liar. And Jacob was a deceiver. And Jacob found God's blessing And his life was transformed when Jacob stopped pursuing people and he started pursuing God. His life was transformed. So much so that there's a whole nation named after a deceiver who became blessed because his heart turned to God. That's the skinny. There was a lot more to that, but that's, I'm going to read it to you this way because I think that this is more important. Some of us have done church wrong for a long time, and uh, this is the difference of those that are seeking God and those that are just doing church. It's not your fault if all you've known is religion. That's not what God's after. He's after you, and I want to get after him. I didn't pursue my wife so I could just get married. I wanted her. And this is why we're doing this here. Check this out. He says this in the NKJV. Actually, almost every translation would say it this way. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Church, I dare you this week to do one thing. Seek his face. Seek Jesus in prayer. Not not, 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 not money, not blessing, not giftings, not anointings, not, no, 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 no. His face. God, I want to know you. Now I'm after something. I'm after his heart. Now here's, you got to hear David. Now all of this was written to teach people how to love him. This is the guy who was attributed to have the greatest heart of God. Now, we've all been given access to the throne. He wants all of us to draw near to him. Let me say it again. He wants all of us to draw near to him. He's not picking a couple of us and saying, just you, you're not good enough. No, 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 no. He died for you to have relationship with you. The Lord wants to speak to you in the same way that he would still the oceans. God wants to speak and heal things that are within us. Deb, would you come? What's really cool about the end of this passage is this. There's a lot of us that, um, like right now, um, uh, like culturally, we were coming out of a time where like politics was like every day, right? I mean, it was like, can we stop talking about politics? And we were really mad at other people that didn't think like us, right? Is it just me? But everyone else was wrong but me in everyone that I talk to. This is what David's doing in this passage is he's talking about making his heart so pure and the way that he did it in, in point number four here is, is, is surrender. Listen to what David prays over Israel. Open up, you ancient gates. Open up, you ancient doors and let the king of glory in. He, he's, he's, he's asking the people of, of Israel to surrender and let Jesus come further. But I'm standing in, in the house of God. No, 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 no. There's more. 
The Lord wants to go further into your life. He wants to unwrap healings that happened to you when you were six, when you were 10, when someone lied to you, when they hurt you, when they let you down. The first breakup when you were like 11 and you're like, it crushed you. People said things about you in your early childhood. He wants to go deeper. The Lord wants to heal all of you. So there's no insecurities. The Lord wants you to know that you are loved, 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 capable of anything. And he would keep praying this. Open up the gates. Open up your hearts. Open up. He's talking about the gates, but he's really talking about our hearts. Church, I'm praying over you right now as your pastor that we would learn to praise and worship the Lord, that we would desire to go further with God, who is the greatest part of our destiny than anything else in our life. I wasn't destined to work at Publix or work at Walmart or at Geico, or I was destined for Jesus. I was destined to be at his throne. I was destined to know my creator and the power of his voice spoken over my life and through me to reach a lost and dying world. I was destined to be used by God. I was destined to touch the hurting and the lost and the broken. I was destined to be transformed into the image of God. I was destined to have my heart melt like wax. I was destined to learn how to be intimate with Jesus. Open up your gates. David's saying it over us. Let us open our hearts. Let us open our hearts, God. We want to know you. We want to be closer to you. We want to love you, God. We want to love you, God. We want to love you, God. 